I grew up in a sexual abuse, verbal abuse, and emotional toxic environment. I didn't know what else to do to cope with my pain but to turn to drugs. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers and a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how people cope with past issues using drugs in order to cope with their inner pain. And we're going to discover if there are any spiritual answers to those types of addictions. Today, we have Starla Ayala, who grew up with a family that was broken and divorced She was sexually abused by another teenager when she was only in third grade. And when it came out, she was blamed for it. And she was talked about as if she was simply a liar. She didn't know how to cope with that pain and betrayal. So she turned to different types of drugs throughout her life. Starla, welcome to the show. Hello. Starla, I am so glad to have you with us. And honestly, I don't know how you made it through such inner pain from your childhood. Can you explain a little bit for the audience how you discovered that the person you always thought was your mom wasn't even your real mom? Yeah, I think my mom, when I say my mom, I'm talking about my stepmom and my dad was going through a divorce and my dad actually sent me down Yeah, and just bluntly told me that this isn't your real mom. This is your stepmom. Wow. And she wasn't around to defend herself. And of course, at that time, I was pretty in shock and I was pretty young. I just couldn't imagine all the things that I was going through or what I was seeing in my head. How old were you when this was going on? I had been in kindergarten, first grade, somewhere around there. Oh my gosh. So like, here you are like little cute kindergartner and you're finding out that the one you thought was your mom your whole life is not your mom. Correct. Yes. What did this do? I mean, to you emotionally, if you can remember that time, I understand it set you on a course seeking. Well, right. Yeah. I really didn't know how to process that feeling because all I felt was hurt. And then when I found out that my real mom wasn't the one who was raising me, because I always had questions why my mom had, you know, a different skin color. Oh. But it made me wonder who my real mother was. Wow. And I felt rejection even at the beginning stages that she didn't want me for whatever reason. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So as a little girl, you're beginning to feel rejection set in heavily into your life. Now, it sounds like your dad wasn't super emotionally healthy by the way he brought that to you at such a young age. And I understand that when he divorced that woman, who was your stepmom that you found out, that he met someone else who had a son who was older than you. Now, tell us what happened with that boy when you were a child in third grade. So basically what ended up happening is whenever my dad and his wife or his girlfriend at the time was leaving for work, mm-hmm. he would just come in my room and he would sexual abuse me. Wow. Now this boy, I understand he was in ninth grade, right? Correct. He was in high school. Oh my gosh. So as his parent and your dad was gone, he would just come into your room and just bam and just get right to it. Right. Yeah. It was on multiple different times, multiple different days. And basically whenever, you know, there wasn't no supervision around, that's when it happened. And you're like in third grade. So you don't really even understand what's happening at that time. You just know like, this is not good. 
Right, yeah. Wow. Now, what were your thoughts and emotions during this sexual abuse? I mean, did you fully comprehend what was happening to you at such a young age? Well, I knew what was going on. Even when you're in third grade, you know, children ain't dumb on what's going on and what's happening around them. And whenever you are at that age, you know that it doesn't feel right. You know it's not right. So my whole understanding and emotions that was being expressed, I guess, at that early age was just, I thought that I was going to get in trouble if I said anything. Wow. Yeah, because it felt like something bad. And so that if you said it, it would be like bad, right? It would probably cause a fight and arguments. and. Wow. Now, did you view sexuality very negatively throughout your life because of the sexual abuse? Yeah. I think when kids go through a sexual trauma, it either does two things to them. It either brings out a promiscuous side on them and then their whole life from childhood to adult, they're very sexual active. Right. Or it just makes it where you just want to be in isolation and you don't trust nobody Mm -hmm. and just, you know, watch your back all the time and you kind of go into a survivor mode. And I understand that you are the second one. So basically, it's like it didn't awaken love or sexuality. It almost crushed it for you. And it became a very negative thing. Yeah, I was very protective over myself and over my brother. Wow. Now, I understand that you tried to reach out for help, you know, later on by letting your parents know, specifically your mom, about the sexual abuse. And I understand that you went through a great betrayal from your mom. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I finally got the courage to tell my mom at this time, like I said, we were living up in Edmond and she was, you know, going through her things well and getting cleaned up and, you know, being clean. Mm. And I just told her, you know, what I've experienced down at my dad's and she pretty much didn't believe me. She told me that I was lying and then she walked away. Wow. Your mom is telling you that you were lying about the sexual abuse. So, oh my gosh. I mean, how did you feel? Because I understand not only that, but then she brought it to your dad. Your dad brought it to that mom of, you know, the ninth grader. And like, everybody was like, no, 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 that you're lying, right? Like everybody called you a liar. That's exactly what it was, is that nobody (sighs) believed me. And my dad said that he did believe me, but there wasn't nothing that was done. And Mm -hmm. the feelings that I had at that time, it made me very quiet. I just took it in and I just stuffed it down and I just walked away with it. How did you feel though when no one would believe you? It probably caused you to really not trust people at that point throughout your life. Am I right? Yeah, it made me angry as a person. It just made me angry. And that's the only thing I can really remember at that time whenever my mom brought it up and when it was dealt with and nobody believed me and nothing got done. I just kind of had this built up anger that was starting to layer up. And like I said, I just kind of got quiet. Darla, my heart just goes out to you from hearing what happened. Now, you didn't just plan to use drugs as a coping mechanism, but it was something that your father encouraged in your life. Tell us about that. Well, my dad comes back from a time that was, you know, if you're going to use any kind of type of drugs, I'd rather you use drugs with me at home. So Mm. I thought that was actually the coolest thing. (laughs) Right at the time, right? You're like, oh my gosh, my dad is cool. Yeah, pretty much. I thought that my dad was giving me the green light. You know, because it started off smoking weed first. Okay. And later on, it started getting more heavier when he met another girl. My dad started dating a woman that was a drug dealer. Wow. And her drug that she was selling was methamphetamines. We called it ice, called ice on the street. Okay. So how did she offer that to you? Like, did she just was like, hey, try this? Like, how old were you? No, she didn't offer it. It was my dad. And I had been 14 years old around that time. Oh, my gosh. And my dad just looked at me and he asked me if I wanted to hit the pipe. And so I just hit the pipe. Now, what was that like when you took it? I mean, looking back, what did it do for you at the time? 
Well, you know, looking back at that time, what it did, it gave me this feeling. It gave me a feeling that I never felt before, meaning that it took away everything that I felt as a child in that point in my life. It took away that hurt and it just made me happy. I don't know if that really. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave me a sense that everything was going to be okay. Wow. So it just gave you this kind of like false sense of peace. There you go. I also understand that when you're younger, you're open to some pretty toxic, abusive relationships. And that was the environment that you attracted at the time. Like you were kind of used to that. Tell us a little bit about that relationship. Yeah. And I started to date my kid's father. And at that time, you know, I didn't know anything about when it came to love or relationship status. I just knew what I seen growing up. Hmm. So whenever the red flags were getting thrown in the air, I didn't know to identify them or what to identify. I just knew how the relationship used to make me feel when it was going good, you know. Right. But I understand the abuse was so bad and it got physical. Yeah. What happened? So later on down the years when we started growing up together, because we were high school lovers, and when we started growing up, we got into our own place, and it got to a point where we started to get physically abused towards each other, and it started getting to that extreme. So I ended up going to jail for domestic abuse in front of a minor. Oh, no. So the anger issues from the past that you talked about, it's starting to really demonstrate itself here. Right. You know, the anger that I felt from growing up and being attacked by my kid's father, it definitely brought more manifestation up to the surface. And instead of knowing how to control my anger, I just burst it out in my anger. How did you cope with this newfound pain and trauma from this toxic relationship? I drank. I drank alcohol. Um, E&J was the one that I always ran to. (laughs) Wow. So basically, you started just trying to numb yourself and numb the pain from all of this drama, right? Pretty much, yes. Wow. Starla, let's stop there because I understand that when you cried out to God, there was a beginning of a process of deliverance that changed your life. So I'm really looking forward to having you again on our next show. Okay. Thank you. Hold tight. We have a lot to talk about right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA. And that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? When Starla was talking about how betrayed she felt, I think that she absorbed a lot of that unjustness. And for a little girl, she did that well. But the consequences are dire. Why is it so hard when we get betrayed by the ones we love? The ones who are supposed to protect her, they turned into her accusers. It's like it's bad enough that evil prevailed in the first place for the sexual abuse to happen. But then she stood up for righteousness and she was betrayed and labeled a liar for doing the right thing. What a double whammy. And this happens a lot. 
It is never anyone's fault if they get molested. Let's get that very clear. I don't care what anyone says. And victims should not be shamed unless they truly are telling lies, which there would be a history of telling lies if that was the case. The truth is still the truth. Just because it is difficult doesn't make it a lie. But betrayal is real and it hurts. It isn't normal. Even though you may have been told to believe that, betrayal is like a foreign agent that was never created by God for mankind. But Jesus knows betrayal and he was betrayed by his own disciple, Judas Iscariot. And if you've been betrayed, maybe you can relate to this ancient verse as it is written in Psalms 55, 12, 13. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. Father God, I'm lifting up the person who's gone through betrayal and really understands that verse. But Lord Jesus, as you forgave, help us, Lord God, to forgive and to be healed from that betrayal. And we'll follow you all the days of our life in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.